How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Show. So excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. Hope you're having a good start to your week. Uh, Today I have an interview with my good friend Micah Tyler. He is, in my opinion, one of the best music recording artists out there. The guy is just putting out incredible stuff, but even more than his very, very amazing music, which I'm sure you hear on K-Love every few hours. His songs are always on the radio. uh, Is his heart for just the Lord, man. Like The dude just loves Jesus. He communicates it so well. He pastors his family really, really well which is one of the main reasons I wanted to have him on the show is just talk about the way that he is stumbling his way to spiritual leadership. So we have a long conversation today. We're both, uh, he's had a tour canceled and I had a cruise, dad's hired cruise canceled and we just had more time than we normally would have. Um, And so we just spent a bunch of time just kind of talking as friends would talk. So I hope that you can carve out maybe an hour of your day today if you listen to this on one time speed, if you listen to it on two times speed, which I don't know how you do that. You're insane. How... If your brain works that fast. Uh, but anyway, regardless of what speed you listen to, whether it's an hour or a half hour, um, I think you will enjoy taking the time out and just listening to his heart and really getting to know him as a person, as a leader in his family, and then also as an artist. So enjoy this interview. But before we do, I do want to thank my friends over at Yippee for sponsoring this episode. I've told you about them before, but honestly, they are a lifesaver right now, uh, especially with us all being home. Um, There's a lot of times during the week where I'm like, okay, I need just 30 minutes where I can cook some dinner or clean the house or whatever. And I'm nervous to put screen in front of my kids. If I'm honest, you know this as a dad. It's like, we never know what's going to pop up. We've had incidents in the past where you tell your kids, okay, you can watch some YouTube crazy videos, you know, whatever. And then something pops up and you're like, geez, are they log on to an app, Amazon Fire, whatever. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but something pops up or you just don't have complete control. But Yippee is just such a good app where you know that they're going to listen and see and view really good content that is going to build their character. It's all pre-approved by uh, parents. There is no ads that are going to pop up. There are no weird viral videos. There's just nothing that you have to worry about. So when I'm in the kitchen making dinner for the night or when I'm upstairs cleaning the house upstairs, I know that the stuff that they're going to watch for that 30 minutes is going to be good quality content for them. So uh, if you're not already signed up with Yippee, I highly recommend that you get connected with them again. They're going to give you 25% off of your membership right off the bat, which is always a huge plus. Um, You can do that by going to dadtire.com forward slash yippee again that's dadtired.com forward slash yippee and that is spelled out y-i-p-p-e-e when you do that you're going to get 25 percent off your first three months again go to dadtired.com forward slash yippee uh, to get that app installed on your devices and start enjoying quality content for your kids with that being said let's dive into today's interview with micah Tyler. I wanna be different. I wanna be changed. Till all of me is gone. And all that remains is a fire so bright. The whole world can see that there's something different. Micah, so grateful, dude, that we finally got a chance to make this work and uh, hang out today. 
Uh, for the audience who may not be familiar with you, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days, bro. Uh, my name is Mike Tyler. I am a uh, out of work musician at the moment. <laughs> was, you know, just a, just a, a year ago, you and I were on a cruise ship together, yep. uh, getting getting to hang out and uh, sail the high seas. And now we are sequestered to our homes. Um, no, full time full time musician, uh, singer songwriter. Uh, Dad, husband of 16 years, dad of three kiddos. I've got a, a Noah who's going to be 14 in April. Uh, I got a Hannah who just turned 12, and I've got a Seth who is six. And wow. so, yeah, full full time dad, part time musician. Well, dude, it's funny that uh, you bring up the cruise thing. Literally at this moment, like down to the hour, is when I should be boarding a cruise ship right now for the dad tired no. cruise. Yep, I should be walking oh. on right this moment so uh yeah bro that sucks but uh well sorry for bringing it up sore subject bro way too soon (laughs) way too soon this is this is me not like reading the room very well yeah uh dude so you were you were on the middle uh in the middle of a tour right and then things got canceled yeah i was actually up in your neck of the woods we were in the pacific northwest um had done a show in spokane and we had a show in seattle the next night this was two weeks ago, uh, middle of March, and uh, I was out with the 10th Avenue North, and uh, we get the phone call, you know, a couple of days before we leave out, that hey, Seattle is not going to happen because they're going to they're going to start shutting things down, and, and they're going to try this thing out where like the gatherings bigger than 500, uh, we're not going to be able to do, and we're like, oh well, that shouldn't affect you know maybe the rest of our shows. And while we were in Spokane, is when they shut down all gatherings bigger than that starting the next day in Washington, California, basically the entire West coast, which is, which, which was the rest of our tour. And so mm. my, my tour got shut down. We were, we did nine shows out of 25. And so we had like four weeks left, but um, yeah, ended up boarding a flight the next morning um, and, and coming back home and trying to figure out uh, all this, all this new stuff right now. It's crazy. Cause that feels like a lifetime ago. And it's, I, that was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's crazy. What so what do you guys do? Like what do you reschedule it? Uh how do you pick up and I mean, is it everyone's still kind of trying to figure out what's next anyway, but how do you guys figure that out? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's all it's just like everybody else right now. It's kind of brand new territory. Yeah. Um it, it was a unique situation because it's 10th Avenue North's farewell tour. And they mm. announced that it was their farewell tour like the like two days before the tour started. Like I found out when everybody they gave me a call like the, earlier in the day, but they announced like a couple of days before we kicked off this tour, we, we thought it was going to be called the finally living tour. And they, they ended up renaming it uh, as an inside joke. The finally leaving tour <laughs> is what they called it. <laughs> after we got out there, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, th- those guys we're, there's a chance that I may hop on a couple of shows with them, but with everything kind of being in flux right now, they, they may try to move it to May and June and knock out a couple of shows in the fall. Well, I've already got a couple of things booked already. And so, you know, typically with a tour, you block off. Somebody says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do this tour together. Don't uh, book anything from March 2nd to April 5th or whatever those, those parameters are. And so we had blocked that off for those guys. And then now that that's not working, we had no parameters for the rest of the year. And so we've already kind of committed to a few of the things. So I, I'm hoping I get to do a couple of shows with them, but they're, I think they're kind of amping up and trying to, to knock out a fall tour and, and mm. do that. So, but yeah, I mean, really it's, it's crazy, man. It, it's kind of a, a, a big unifier right now that I think everybody's just trying to figure out, you know, 
we, nobody has like a, there's no timetable just just yet on when this thing shuts down and when things go back to you know normal or what normal is going to look like on the other side of this and so I think we're all just kind of trusting the Lord day by day trying to be faithful to the things that are directly in front of us and and not worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow's got enough worries of itself and apparently some tours too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you were uh, right before we hit record you were talking about how this has kind of forced you to rest, which you said has not really been like a strong suit for you. Walk no, me, t- tell uh, me about that. Man, I, uh, I, I was, I, when I, when I graduated from high school, I felt the call to go into ministry. And so right after high school, when I was uh, 18, uh, became a youth pastor, felt called to go into youth ministry. And there's a little tiny church in my hometown of Buna, Texas that, that needed a youth director, which apparently is like, different than a youth pastor because like a youth pastor preaches sermons and does like mission trips and like all that kind of stuff. And I think their expectation for me as a youth director was like feed them pizza and make sure they don't tear things off the wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Glorified right. babysitter. Got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I'm like, I, I've got experience for that. I, think I can handle that at 18. So did youth ministry for, for three years while I was doing part-time jobs and stuff. Um, and then became a full-time youth pastor for six years. Um, when I was 20, picked up the guitar and started playing it to lead worship for the youth group, just kind of thinking that was going to be something I could do to kind of serve our youth ministry, not knowing that I was going to be writing songs and working on stuff. And then at 27, which was uh, nine years ago this past January, um, felt the calling to step out and do music full-time. And so we ended up... It, Wait, we bro, hold on, like hold a, on. The first time you picked up a guitar, like legitimately 20 years old, like you had never played anything before that? Or that was when no, just when no, you started taking no it seriously. My, no, 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 no. Nobody in my family is musical. Stop um, it. No. It, 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 well, okay. So, so fun fact: I did have a guitar in my bedroom when I was twelve. Um, <laughs> for, for my for Christmas when I was twelve, uh, I, I I got I was given a an acoustic guitar that had no brand name on it because my parents got it at service merchandise, which <laughs> is a store that doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Um, and, and they bought me, <laughs> they bought me the, maybe you saw it online or not online on an infomercial on TV, um, play the guitar overnight. And I was like, I got all that. I was going, Oh my gosh, I'll be playing the guitar tomorrow. <laughs> like, if, <laughs> if I can believe what the front of this so- book says, like I've, like this VHS tape is not, is going to lead me into musicianship tomorrow. And so the first step was tuning and they didn't get me a tuner. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, and I did. And because no one in my family is musical, we just sat there going like, we don't even know where to get a tuner from. <laughs> so this guitar sat in my bedroom for nine years. I'm like legit, like never knew how to play it. Never knew how to tune it. It got knocked around. The strings came off. I didn't know how to change the string because no one in my family knows how to play guitar. So anyways, when I was, when I was 20, um, wanted to lead worship for the youth group. And so I thought to myself, you know what I should do? I, if I bought a guitar, one of the kids in the youth group would learn to play it and like they could lead worship and I'll preach and it'd be great. So I went to Swice Good Music in Beaumont, Texas, this little tiny music store and snagged this like guitar that had like some nicks and, and dings on it. So they like made it cheaper. So I grabbed it and <laughs> like they could not have been any less interested in, in playing the guitar <laughs> that I brought in. And so I was like, well, yeah, I guess I could just like learn how to play a song. And so like, I, that, you know, at that point, when I, when the play the guitar overnight VHS tape came out, the internet was not accessible in <laughs> Texas. But at this point I could go on there and like, you know, I could get on and get some chords and some tabs and stuff. So pulled up, pulled up something online and like learned three chords. And I played open the eyes of my heart. The first Wednesday night, I kind of pulled the guitar, got enough, I, like six weeks. I worked on one song, got in there, 
and played Open the Eyes of My Heart. And I just, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And they're like, oh, oh, this is oh, this is great. We got music now. I was like, oh, yeah. So like the next week I come in and like before I preach my sermon, I, I, I play it again. Open the <laughs> eyes of my heart, Lord. And they're like, oh, he's playing that song again. That's cool. And like the third week I came in, I was like, open the eyes. Like, can you learn like another one? <laughs> is there any and I was other like, songs? Oh, it took me six weeks to learn this one. And I guess I could try. Did, did uh, you so, know you yeah, could like sing at that point? Song. Did you know you could sing? Like, I, I mean, the thing is, I, I mean, I grew up like we grew up in church, but not like the children's choir when I was a kid. Like I sang Little Drummer Boy in second grade and like and then like our high school, the choir program actually got shut down, which I was I, I played baseball in school and like didn't really, you know, like I said, there's no musical atlas. Buna, Texas is where you graduate from high school and you go work at a mill or a plant. Mm. And so like any kind of artistic thing was like something you can do for fun in high school. And so for me, it's like, I'd rather play baseball than pick up an instrument or, you know, whatever. So I, I just, you know, I, I, I could sing, I know I could hold a tune and stuff and I would sing like a special in church, like, you know, go get like a cassette tape or a CD and like sing a song here and there. But you know, it was not anything that was, was any kind of an outlet. And like I said, no one in my family is musical. So like, it was like my mom telling me that I, that she thought that I could sing didn't really mean a whole lot. Like it didn't hold a whole lot of water. Like she's supposed to say that. Right. So it wasn't anything that felt, you know, boutique or special to me. And so anyways, I ended up uh, just like playing this song for a few weeks and they told me to like learn another one. So I did. And so I just kept learning songs. Like I literally just kept, you know, just like learning one song after another and, and started writing songs to go along with my sermons, like funny songs. Like I, you know, we, we did this whole month where like I would preach a whole month. We called it movie month and I would take on different movie genres and preach a message that like that was kind of like a horror film. And we could do this story in the Bible that kind of made it feel like a suspense thriller kind of thing. And mm. I would write the soundtrack to the movies and so like every movie i'd write a, like an original like sometimes they're just like silly goofy like one time it was like a it was a, a romantic comedy and i did the, the story of uh leah and rachel and, and jacob <laughs> yeah. and so like it because the thing is i only read the first half of the story where like jacob's there and he sees you know rachel and he knows that he knows that he has to marry her and he loves her immediately and he goes to the dad and asks for the hand of marriage and the girls are just swooning over the story i'm like all right everybody close your bibles and i said i'm gonna sing you the song now and it was like this whole like super romantic, like my name is Jacob and I have come for her and I will do anything just to be with her. And the girls are just, oh, this is so sweet. <laughs> and then I, and then I said, then, it, then her father said, no, but you can, he, uh, you can work for seven years. And then he tricked me and I married her sister. To, and it's like this whole <laughs> takes ridiculous, a weird like, turn. And the kids yeah, are going, yeah. what in the world? And I was like, this is a romantic comedy. So like, that's the kind of stuff that I was doing. It was not anything that could be recordable and used for K-Love, for sure. <laughs> like, it was just whatever. And so, you know, not knowing that that after seven years of just like playing around the guitar. And, and like, I had buddies calling me up and saying like, hey, man, like I heard you're leading worship for your youth group. Can you come and play our you know youth retreat? I'm going, oh, my gosh, it means so much that you'd ask me to do that. And they're like, so will you do it? I was like, yeah. And they'd be like, oh, good, because we can't afford to like bring in like a real band. And I was like, oh, well. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I, I get it. I feel like the Pinocchio of worship leaders right now. Like I just mm. want to be a real boy too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so, uh, so I, I, that, that's what I did. And so I was just doing that. And so anyways, 27, when I was 27, um, felt like I was doing youth ministry for nine years. Youth ministry was going awesome. Like we had a great youth group. God was doing amazing things. And all of a sudden um, it goes back to the Lord calling us to step into this new season with music, but it goes, it goes back to someone told me before, like, I think that sometimes we want to be equipped 
and what we feel like is that when the Lord equips us with something, that it means that he tells us how to do everything from beginning to end. Mm. Um, whenever equipped, the, the one, like when we stand before the Lord one day, someone told me this one time, he's, he's not going to say, well done, that good and successful musician, mm. or well done, that great writer, podcaster, and speaker for, for dads. It's, it's faithful servant. Like that's mm. what we're hoping to hear. And so sometimes he equips us with the opportunity to be faithful. And like, that's all he gives us. Mm. And we just have to trust that that's enough because, you know, it goes back to the whole saying, you know, the Lord doesn't give you anything you can't handle. Well, that's, that's not true. Right. Um, the, the, the truth is that there's nothing that he can't handle in us. And so I've, I've been in plenty of situations where I'm going, I am completely unqualified or disqualified or whatever from feeling like I am able to do this thing. Um, and I think a lot of times as dads, we feel that way sometimes too. Like, how are we supposed to be in charge of, of this family and like be the head of this household and stuff? But we have to go back to, it's not about what we have to be able to offer. It's what he's able to do inside of our homes and how we can trust him and how trusting him and being faithful to him is how we're, the best way for us to be faithful to our family. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I, the Lord just called us to be faithful. And so we just said, God, we don't, we don't have a record deal. We don't have a, you know, there's no one that wanted to hear my music. It was barely, it was playing on the, the Beaumont, Texas local radio station. I gave my CD to the local DJ and just said, can I ask you if this is any good? And he started playing a couple of my songs on the, on the station and stuff, which made it out to probably, you know, 1500 people or something. Um, but we felt the call to do this full time. And so we just, to do that, we had to sell over half of what we owned. Um, we bought a single wide mobile home trailer um, that, that we, we put on some borrowed land that we, we literally just moved out of that trailer a couple of months ago. Mm. And so we've been living there for nine years, um, but, but started doing odd jobs. I was an elementary school substitute teacher and I drove a sausage delivery truck and mm-hmm. I, I was uh, uh, mowing grass and like doing odd jobs and stuff to kind of try to make ends meet and, and, and play a little bit of music. Um, but, you know, that's that's what we did for for nine years. And so, you know, back then I was doing all that. And, and now I'm getting canceled on tours because of pandemics. And so, you know, <laughs> well, things, you've made it, bro. You've done it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think I did it. But 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 you can't tell you the truth. Though, I mean, like the one thing that I've learned, the, 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 the lesson that I've learned the most is that we're doing the same thing today as what we were doing Nine years ago, stepping out and doing this full time, what I was doing when I first picked up the guitar when I was 20, when I was trying to figure out how to be a youth pastor at 18 years old, it's literally just being faithful to the things in front of us. Like that's mm. the only thing that we can, that, that the Lord's given me right now are the things that are in front of me today. Mm. I, I, I can't get stoked about like, a, a, a oh, I heard I'm getting mentioned possibly for a tour coming up in the fall. And man, I'm so excited about that. And like, I just start like gearing up and, and trying to get, get at this thing that's happening in six months from now. And I miss the opportunity to to be faithful to the things in front of me because we're not promised tomorrow, but we have right now. And so like, for me, it's like, I'm just trying to look down. Um, I, something I, I, I tell a lot of young musicians, like the only place your heart can be is right above your feet. Mm. And so, so as dads, the same thing as, as husbands, the same thing as just men, it's the same thing. It's like, the only thing that I can be faithful to are the things in front of me. I can't be faithful to someone else's point of view. I can't be faithful to another day. I can't be faithful to yesterday or tomorrow. Like today's the only day I got. And if my heart's above my feet, then wherever I go, I got to love those things. I've got to be be good to those things. I've got to work hard for those things. Like I got to just be in, in the middle of that thing. So the original question you asked me was about 
about rest. I mean, I, like, I, like you've heard me just tell me like, I've been working hard for years and years. Yeah. And like, we've, we've constantly been trying to not just like push a ball ahead and further a career, but like be faithful and work hard. And like, that's my nature is just to, to try to find things to be faithful to and to run after and to, to work hard on. And so this year, literally in January, I've never done this before. And I've, I've thought it was corny in the past, maybe, and just kind of thought like, ah, it's kind of a weird kind of thing to do. But like last year, people started telling me their word for the year. And they're like, okay, this word, I, this year, I'm going to focus on this word. And this is my goal for the whole year. And I was like, eh, I, I've, got, I've kind of got things going on and stuff. And I've got a lot of things I want to try to have like these goals and stuff like that. But this year, I just kind of felt impressed to do it. And so this year, we literally said, our word is, my word is going to be rest. And so I w- and it's, it's hard work for me to not do things. Yeah. It's hard work for me to put things down, set things aside and to just be like to literally just be in the room and just be there for the sake of being there. Um, but we started working hard on that in the middle of building a new house, in the middle of getting ready for a tour and finishing out a new record and all the craziness that goes along with things. So this pandemic that's kind of going on right now has kind of forced us light speed into you know, there's just not a whole lot to do in the house. Like I've kind of hung all the curtains that I can in this new house. I've pressure washed the driveway. It's a matter of me just like being content in just actually being present with my family. And it's been some of the sweetest and richest times that we've had in the middle of uncertainty and fear and craziness going on. We still are able to like, like it's been, it's the Lord has just kind of like forced some peace on us and and we're trying to make the most of it. Mm. Do you find now, do you struggle at all with like, because you were, you know, picking up a guitar in your early twenties and playing songs for youth group. And now you can't listen to Caleb for more than 30 minutes without hearing two of your songs come on the radio. And in many ways, like you're crushing it, dude. And, but do you find now that some of your motivation for working is to maintain that or to like, you know, keep, finding success do you struggle with that at all i, I do and, and, and here's the thing man i i i want to be i want to be excellent at the things that the lord asked like has called me to do and that can quickly turn into pride for me hmm. um just just personally I, I i know for me it's like i can i can go okay man, it feels good to have this and this happen and then get called this, get called to go out and do this thing and be asked to be a part of this tour or whatever it is. And like the, it, it can turn into, well, man, I could, I could, I could burn a few more, you know, midnight oils and, and try to try to turn this into to something more and try to be, try to build this kingdom a little bit higher, and a little bit more expansive or whatever. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, like, I, like I said, I, I, I find myself trying to be faithful to things outside of my control. That's when I realize that I'm, I'm stepping out of where I'm supposed to be. That's a good word. Um, It's, it's, it's me trying to throw my heart to a place and like throw my hat into a ring that I have not been invited to. You know, the Bible says, you know, it's better. It's don't, don't take your own seat at the table. It's better to be invited to the table. You know, don't, don't, don't take your own seat. And so uh, that's something that we have tried our hardest to, you know, the Lord's a gentleman, man. Like he opens doors for you. Like you don't have to force like bang down the door. And I, and I meet a lot of young musicians and I listen, I'm not saying that there's not been times that I've been this, but really I do think that me being born and raised 
And we still live like we just built a house next to my parents in Buna, Texas. Mm. Like we don't we don't live in Nashville. We don't I've never I've never lived in a big city, period. Like we're an unincorporated township over here. And so like half the people that live in my hometown do not even know what I do for a living. Like mm. they don't even understand. Like I, I'll run into someone at, you know, Ace Hardware and they're like, hey, man, like somebody I went to high school with. Hey, you uh, you still singing them songs <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I've tried to. And they're like. That's awesome, man. Hey, I got a new track. If you want to come by and see it, like that's where I live right now. Um, and so, and so, it it has really, for for me personally, it really has guarded my heart against trying to like. There's there's only so much that I can do over here, um, as far as like trying to trying to make more music and make more things happen and you know do all those kind of things. So in a in a healthy way, I, I think that it's kind of like I, I tell young musicians a whole lot of times allow the Lord to open doors for you um, because it that's safe. Like the Lord, the, the Lord will call you to do crazy things. I mean, goodness gracious, we've been asked to do some wild things, but to me, the safest place for us to be is inside of God's will, whether that is on a mission field in a country where you are not welcomed and God's calling you to do it. That is safer for you to be there mm -hmm. than to be working a nine to five job somewhere and trying to build your 401k. Um, it, it is it is safer for you to be playing coffee shops where you're invited to be there than to try to force yourself onto stages that maybe the Lord has not equipped you to be faithful to yet. Yeah. And so so really, I, it's it's that give and take, man. It, it is hard. It's hard having success and not wanting more and trying to just be content with what we have. But man, we're we're living and operating in something that is beyond our wildest dreams right now. Like like having a song played on a radio station outside of Beaumont, Texas was something that we did not even know could be a reality until it started happening three and a half years ago. And so we're, the Lord's been faithful to us as a youth pastor, as a sausage delivery truck driver, and as a musician playing youth camps for buddies, um, just as much as he is right now with us being able to have some more platforms, some more opportunities. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the interview so far. I want to take a minute and thank our friends over at Abide for sponsoring this episode. If you're not familiar, Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. Abide users report that they have less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and even sleep better. So if you find yourself like when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is look at your phone, or maybe you have a hard time falling asleep at night, or maybe you're just dealing with stress and anxiety, I highly recommend that you download the Abide app. It's going to take you through meditations that are based on scriptures, things that get you thinking about the word and the truths of the gospel. Their meditations are easy to use and easily fit into your busy schedule. They feature topics like overcoming anxiety, managing stress, addiction, and recovery, finding forgiveness, and all kinds more. For a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co forward slash dad. Get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co forward slash dad. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co forward slash dad. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash dad to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. You keep using the phrase we or the word we, uh, which I love, bro. I'm assuming you're talking about your wife <laughs> and your family. Uh, what's your yeah. wife's what's your wife's name, man? Casey. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah talk I, I to me about even, that. Even, yeah. That that's not even something that I'm even meaning to do. But but honestly, bro, like I, I can't 
here's the one commitment that I've made to her. I never want to feel like I am leaving my family to go do something. I'd rather feel like I'm being sent. Mm. I, that that's that's way safer for our marriage. It's mm-hmm. way safer for me as a dad. Not saying that there are t-ball games that I've missed where my my kids are going. No, we sent my father away away from this t-ball game to yeah, go and yeah. do this thing. Like those are bummers and those are sad and those are hard for us too. Um, there's a lot of lonely nights on the bus, but at the same time, I don't get to do what I'm doing unless she's doing what she's doing, which is, you know, standing in my place and some places here for our family and and holding down a household and making sure homework is done and making sure that school is taken care of and making sure that people are making it to ball practice, that kind of thing. But also like being involved and faithful in our church and like my, my, my kids kind of the same thing, like every, our family, anytime that I show up to do something, like me doing this interview right now, it is a five-person sacrifice for me to sit here on the phone right now. It's yeah. me taking time away from them. It's them understanding this is part of what dad does for a living. Um, but one thing that we try to remind our kids is that, you know, the Bible says, um, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And so I tell them all the time, like, my my job is to go out and not try to, if I called home and, and told my family, like, hey, I'm so sorry I missed your dance recital tonight, or I'm, I'm so sorry that I missed your school, you know, science fair, or whatever, but you should have heard how loud they clapped for me at this <laughs> concert. That is such a horrible excuse for me as a dad to try to pass off to my family as being a worthy reason for me to leave. But if I can tell them, like, hey, tonight I was able to lift up Jesus's name and mm. and we saw people that that got to hear the gospel tonight and that we got to I got to tell this these people about who Jesus is and man listen to this conversation I had at the merch table like for me it's important for me to pass those things around in my family because those are those are good worthwhile worthy things for us to be talking about as a family and reasons for dad to leave the house yeah. um and so so yeah I I use the word we because man I don't get to go anywhere unless I the rock star that lives inside of my house, her name is Casey. Like she's <laughs> she's the one who's holding the fort down, and then I got three kids who just are the best. Who, yeah. who we it's it, there's there's definitely sacrifice in there, but man, it's been it's been worth it to see my kids see God move in some profound and powerful ways. Has Casey always been like, no, I believe in you, Micah. Like I, you've got it. Has she pushed you when you even doubted yourself <laughs> or was she like, Oh man, maybe you should just like up the hours on the sausage <laughs> truck, dude. Like, <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I would say here, here's the thing. So her, her dad worked construction growing up. Okay. Um, and so he worked out of town for like a month or two at a time. And she told like herself at 12 years old, I will never marry a man who travels. Mm. Like that was something that she, she kind of told herself all growing up, saw what it did to her family. Um, it was just, it, it was a tough situation. Uh, parents got divorced when she was like in her early twenties. And so it just really split their family up in some ways. And so she just kind of made that commitment to herself. Like I'd never marry a man to travel. So the Lord had to, uh, give me a Trojan horse in the form of youth ministry to trick her into mm. not knowing that she was going to marry someone who traveled because that wasn't even my plan. Like it wasn't like in the back of my mind, I'm going like, I'm going to be a musician one day, like legit did not know that we were going to be even doing music for a living. Or when I was a kid, like I thought, and that'd be cool to be able to do. I wanted to be an ESPN broadcaster, a singer or a comedian. Like those are my three <laughs> things that I would write on the little, like the three things on a list, like what yeah. do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Like those are my top three. I also wrote, if there was someone who could play you in a movie, I thought it was funny from like third grade, like for the rest of my life, <laughs> not, not in the last couple of years, but when they asked like who would play you in a movie, I would write Bill Cosby every time. <laughs> Because I was a huge Bill Cosby fan, not knowing all the crazy right. that didn't we've seen in the yeah. last couple of years. Right. Yeah, that, that joke doesn't fly as well anymore. <laughs> right. um, but like, so so she would watch me in church, and like when I started playing, I'd show her like songs on the guitar and stuff. And 
you know, but dude, we're in Buna. Like there, there's no thing like, oh, you should chase your dreams. It's like, this is, there are no roads that lead from Buna, Texas to Nashville, Tennessee, like yeah. not, not paved ones anyway. Right. And so like, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, this whole thing. But at the same time, I mean, like she has been the person who ha- she's always rooting for faithfulness. Like mm. that's been our goal as a family. It's not about like, no, I think you can be on K-Love or I think, I think you could be on tour with Mercy Me or I think you will have a song that gets, you know, that, that, that does this or does that or whatever. It's always been like, Hey, we got to be faithful. And so there, that, is, that has been through tears, that has been through laughter, that has been through pain, that has been through joy, that has been through everything. But at the end of the day, you know, we count all these things as joy because the Lord has given us opportunity to be faithful. And I, I could not do this without. And so that's why it's so important for her and I to be on the same page, because I don't want to run a race without her. Mm. Um, it's, it's not it, I can't leave my family when I leave them. So like I'm I'm trying to make sure that we're all as a family unit like on the same page and that we are we're walking through every part of these steps together even when I'm 3000 miles away on the other side of the country doing things. Um but yeah, she's she's always been you know, it's been tough but but we have learned how to 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 be a team and and she's just she's the best. That's so cool, dude. That's that's uh, it sounds like your wife is exactly who you needed as God's gift for your journey, man. Oh. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me of what you just said is, you know, what she's calling you to is faithfulness. Um, man, that reminds me of my wife and she just does not care at all about any kind of numbers or accolades or cool opportunities. She wants to know, are you being faithful today? Um, yeah, bro, we need that. We need like, we need oh my gosh. Well, up. I've, I've called yeah. home on some of these tours and been like, oh my gosh, we sold so much merch. It was such an unexpected thing. And she goes, okay, okay. But like, what happened tonight? Mm, <laughs> like yeah. it's, it, and that is such like, those are the moments where I go, thank you, Lord. Cause the thing is, it's I, my, my heart is I'm not leaving our house going like how many t-shirts can I sell? Like that is not my heart at all. So as soon as I get tripped up over like those frivolous, trivial little things, she is, she is real quick to be like, uh, yeah. Okay. Well that's, that's awesome. But like, did like, you know, how did it go? Like, yeah. it, what, what did God do? Like, what, what, you know, why, why am I cooking dinner over here and getting three kids in bed and all that kind of stuff? Why it's not for you to sell t-shirts. Like right. what's God doing? Like, and, and that's not like in a mean way, like she just says it in like a, no, I you know, get thing, it. like just, just reminding me of what faithfulness looks like. So, yeah. I remember uh, last year when we were on the cruise, um, you I heard your music from like afar, you know, like you're in, sailing through the middle of the ocean and all of a sudden yeah. I hear some yeah. music coming from a, somewhere. And I'm just, I just like paused. I remember I just paused, like standing. I'm like, and Layla was like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, this guy, whoever is singing right now is crushing it. Like it just <laughs> sounds so good. And so I just, you're, uh, it still amazes me, bro. The fact that you like picked up a guitar in your early twenties and now you're doing what you're doing like that. You just didn't get discovered or something bigger, whatever. I trust God's sovereignty and his journey in your life, yeah. but you, you're obviously ridiculously talented. Um, there were a lot of great artists on there, but in my very humble non-expertise opinion, I'm like, bro, this Mike has got like the most talented. Uh, he's the most talented vocalist on this ship right now. The dude can, oh. is crushing it. So anyway, so I'm well, li- well, listen, let's not let's not leave out the part of the story with, that excited me the most about me getting to meet you. Oh, we're, so- <laughs> we're sitting there on this boat. And all of a sudden I'm looking through. I'm like, oh, wait, oh, the dad tired podcast guys here. Like, wait. 
Jared's he's like he's on this boat because I listen to the podcast and have subscribed to the Instagram that, account for like a couple of years that's now. That's nuts, bro. And so like I came and found you. That's nuts, dude. I like I was like, bro, we should keep, like we ended up like I can't remember how we ended up messaging each other or whatever, but we were like, let's let's I, it was on Instagram or whatever, but like we we ended up connecting on the boat and i was just as pumped if not more <laughs> to get to kind of meet you because like now i i love i love the resources that you've been putting out you know for 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 dads and for husbands and for guys who are trying to you know pursue a, a, a life that's that's worthy of the calling that we've been given as dads and husbands and and all that stuff so i was i was stoked to get a chance to come and, and say hey to you so it was i was i was pumped that we were able to kind of you know We've kind of kept up over the last year or so, I guess, since uh, lots happened over the last year yeah. between global pandemics and cruise yeah. ships getting canceled. My yeah. apologies, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, it was it was it was, it was a well, exciting, fun little surprise. Yeah, that's kind of you, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah, you it, that was fun. That was I I think I went to message you on Instagram and just be like, I can't believe you're here. This is awesome. I need to meet you. And then I saw that you were following Dad Tired. I'm like, what in <laughs> the heck? Like this is not. Oh sure. Um, but yeah, dude, you. Super talented, but what what also struck me is so I, I followed your voice literally, like followed the sound towards wherever you were playing, whatever stage you were on that day, and I'm like, okay, I, get, I need to listen to this guy's music. He's crushing it. So I'm listening. I'm sitting there, I think, by the pool deck, and you're playing some music, and you're just crushing. It. I'm loving it. And then you stop playing and you start talking, and I'm like, holy cow, bro! Like this guy could preach. Like that, even if he wasn't uh -huh. playing music right now, he needs to like write a book or preach or something. Which sounds like you've had a lot of experience doing that as well. So I just I fell in love with both your music and your heart for the Lord and the gospel and just the way you communicate. Yeah. I just became a big Micah Tyler fan in that moment. But I was curious, like, how, what was your upbringing like? Did your, your family love the Lord? Like, how, how did you um, fall in love with Jesus? Yeah, it, it's funny because I, I was raised in a, it was an interesting house growing up. So, so mom and dad were married for 39 years now. Um, dad's Catholic, mom's Baptist. Mm. So I was a Catholic until I was about 10, uh, like <laughs> yeah. legit going to CCD catechism training on Wednesday nights and then going to Sunday school at the Baptist church on Sunday mornings. Mm. And so like it was, but, but the thing is my parents loved Jesus, like both of them did. And they, and they had their own, you know, ordinances and traditions and blah, 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 that kind of went along with that. But at the same time, like Jesus was something that was spoken of in our house with with affection and kindness and reverence. Mm. And, and so when I was 10 years old, I went to vacation Bible school with my mom at Central Baptist Church. Um, and and the pastor, Delbert, Delbert Milstead, was was talking about um, what it means to, to follow Jesus and not just call him, you know, we how we need him as a savior. But our calling is to call him Lord as well. And what that means to, to call him your Lord and your savior and the separation that sin had. You just did a gospel presentation at Vacation Bible School and at 10 years old, um, walked down the aisle and, and filled up the card and and but but prayed and just asked the Lord to to you know, to change the things inside of me. It wasn't like I had knocked over any liquor stores that I had to be forgiven for and <laughs> right. stuff. But, you know, at 10 years old, coming to him with the faith of a child, just knowing that he he died for me and that he loved me enough and I want to live for him now. And so, yeah, from that point, I stopped I stopped going to catechism training at that point. My dad was, I mean, it's here's the deal, man. Like, it's one of those things to where, like, to this day, we, he and I have had some really heart-to-heart -heart conversations where he said there are times where I have looked back and just thought, man, I wish I could have raised you in my church and like had you here mm. because, you know, it's, it's just part of the thing. He said, but man, I wouldn't trade anything um, if it affected the way that you love Jesus. So my brother, mm. um, same thing. He, when I started going full blown into just like going with my mom to church and that was it, my brother kind of followed. So he was six at the time. 
so I was 10. Um, he ends up getting saved and baptized. And we, you know, we, we, we walk through the church and on the Baptist side and everything. And my brother is now the youth pastor at our home church we grew up in. He's been a youth pastor there now for, I think, four years or th- three or four years um, d- doing full-time youth ministry, doing incredible work at the church. He's just, he's amazing. He's a communicator, loves the students, great youth pastor. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like my parents love the Lord. They love each other. I, I got to see firsthand what it's like for people who have different, uh, walks in their faith, be able to not just like tolerate each other, but also how to like love Jesus alongside of each other, even when there's some differences and like mm. some of the, and it, at the end of the day, they're both loving Jesus. Right. So like, right. I, I got to, I got to understand how there's ordinances that the Catholic church does that my dad finds to be very important. There's things in the Baptist church that my mom grew, that my mom finds to be like the way that she wants to follow and pursue the Lord. Um, but I've, I've learned how to hold things to my heart that are worth holding to my heart. And there's certain things where I'm like, you know what, as long as you're pursuing Jesus, um, I, I am able to walk alongside of you and pray for you and love you and, and be a, a worker in the kingdom alongside of you, even without having the same denominational label put on us, you know? Yeah. And so that was kind of a neat thing for us. And so, yeah, I, I grew up just doing that. Never really got involved in the youth group. We just kind of were like Sunday morning kind of attenders and stuff. Mm. Um, and then when I was a, a junior in high, or sophomore in high school, kind of walked through a, a bit of a depression. And it was just more one of those things to where like I just hated myself, like really like found this very deep, hatred towards the way that I looked and the way that I talked and the way that I sounded and mm. the way that I thought like everything about myself. Like I was, I've never had a worse enemy in my life mm. than the sophomore in high school version of myself. Mm. Um, and, and I, I tell the story sometimes we have in, in our house um, we had this house that was built in the seventies on the ceiling. There were these uh, they would press these circles. Um, and, and, and so instead of it just being like a sheetrock ceiling, they would take these and, and they would push these circles up there and they'd spin them. And they formed these grooves and these, it was, it was very seventies looking, but it was like a big circle with a smaller circle inside of it. And the circle just kept getting smaller. And there was like 50 these circles that went all the way to a tiny circle in the middle, it looked like a record. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like had all these, and there was one right up in my bed in my sophomore year of high school, I would come home from school. I drop my book back. My parents asked me how my day was. I said, it went great, which was a lie. I'd go in my room, close the door. I'd look at the ceiling and I would start counting the reasons that I hated myself that day. Wow. Like, legit started with the outside circle and i'd be like i got out of my truck this morning and as i'm walking up say hey to my friends i kind of tripped it's because i'm such a I'm, I'm just clumsy i'm just stupid that's one um i went and said hey to five people and like three people said hey back it's probably because those other two people hate me and i get it because i hate me too that's two raised my hand in class got the answer wrong i'm so stupid that's three and i would just go mm. through and list everything and i could tell you how bad of a day i got by how middle to the bullseye that i hit wow. and i could hit the bullseye a lot of days um and i had a cousin uh, Amber, who who started getting involved in our youth group at our church, and our youth pastor at the time was a guy named Kyle, um, and she said, "Oh my gosh, it's so cool! Like he's preaching sermons, but it's like it's like for us, it's like for like youth and stuff." And I was like, "What does that even mean?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, you you got to come." And so she bothered me for like a couple of months, and finally I was like, "Okay, I'll go." So I went on a Wednesday night and was just immediately hooked. Like I love Jesus and I knew Jesus. I was struggling at that time and nobody, I didn't tell a single soul. Nobody knew anything. I just kept it to myself, was just dying inside. It felt like, um, but all of a sudden I realized that there's other people who are kind of going through the same things as me. And so that was whenever my junior high school felt like 
I, I felt the Lord calling me into ministry and I was scared of that and stuff because I was like, man, I, how can I do this if I have all this like stuff inside of me that I'm dealing with and everything? And the Lord uh, taught me how to heal from those things, walk out of that, you know, abusive relationship towards myself in a way. Mm. Um, and and then I started saying like, God, if you'll, I remember my, I had a cousin, Brian, who came with us to this youth camp that we went to. And I led Brian to Jesus. He was like 14. And I remember telling the Lord, like, if you'll let me do this for the rest of my life, I'll do it every day. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you ask me to do every day. And so that was when I felt the call to go into ministry. And of course, I was like, man, I want to be a youth pastor like Kyle, because I knew the, the profound impact that he made on me. So, so yeah, so at 17, uh, at junior in high school, felt like I was wanting to step out and do that. My senior year, started dating a girl named Casey. <laughs> and so, uh, and the rest is uh, kind of recent history from there. Wow. Did with that, that, uh, those like tendencies of depression during your sophomore year, did, did any of that linger um, on? Is that something that you've struggled oh, with? Yeah. I, to, to this day, it's real easy for me to get in comparison mode. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can go like, man, I wish I could, I, I mean, like to this, I wish I could write a song like this guy. I wish I could sing like this person. Oh my gosh. I wish I had the Instagram followers of this person, like silly, trivial stuff like yeah. that. But also I can go like, man, look at that car. Or look at that house. Golly, that'd be nice to have a house or a car like that. Or, you know, just the things that we all kind of struggle with. Um, but I, <laughs> it's one of those quotes that I think is one of the, I have no idea who said it. I've heard Teddy Roosevelt, I've heard C.S. <laughs> Lewis, I, whoever said it, I'm giving credit to that person. But, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Right. Um, and, and and I think that is one of the most true things for me. So the times where I can get the most depressed about myself is when I'm looking at everybody else, which is yeah. so backwards, you know. Yep. Um, but but then the Lord helps me to take some inventory of the, the blessings that I have around me. And and that's that's kind of how I've been able to focus on like as a 16, 17 year old kid uh, to a 36 year old now is just going like, man, no, the Lord's faithful to me and he's so good to me and he's allowed me to see and 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 be a part of so much and he saved me he loved me enough to to know me and he calls me daily to to, to do more things like and it gives me purpose and if i find my purpose in the things that are worth having purpose for and the things that are worth being faithful to um it is way easier for me to compare myself to the person that god's calling me to be as opposed to what someone else has does or can be that's a good word bro um when one thing I do, like we've homeschooled our kids since they were young, but this last year we, we were going through all kinds of transitions. So we put them back into uh, public school right near our house. Yeah. And, and so every day that I drop them off to school when they were in school before this craziness hit, uh, every day I drop them off, I would literally tell them, hey, be different today. And uh, they yeah. knew what I was talking about because we'd listened to your song over and over and over again. They can sing it by wow. memory. Uh, different. And, um, but we talk about that a lot. Like what's it look like to be different, to be followers of Jesus who are salt and light. And so every single, it's become a tradition, like, uh, (laughs) one that I wasn't really planning on having, but every single morning we talk about be different. And then when I pick them up, I ask them like, well, in what ways were you different today? And they just kind of give me a rundown of their day and tell me about how they were work to be salt and light to be different. Um, anyway, so I want to tell you that one, just to know your, your song, uh, in songs are impacting even the littlest of generations and little hearts as they're going out into school. Um, but dude, what, what, like, what, what did your heartbeat as you sit down to write a song? Um, what's your process like? How do you go about doing that? I've got two rules when I write songs and this has been my rules that I've had since, since I was, you know, writing goofy songs for the youth group, but there's, there's two rules. Number one, um, rule is, uh, 
anything that I write, you will not hear a, a song on a record, a lyric, a line on a, on a, anything that I've recorded um, that, that I am not fervently trying to line up with God's word. Mm. Like it has to, if yeah. it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth anything. It's not worth me handing off to someone else. It's not worth me singing and I can leave my house to go do it. Like it's not worth it. So number one, it has to line with God's word. Number two, um, I asked the Lord, can you help me? I, I want to write songs from my vantage point. Like I want to write songs. I want to be able to, if you ask me like, hey, what did you mean by this line and this song? I want to be able to point back to the moment that Lord, that the Lord put it in my bones, that it actually mm. became like a real thing to me. Yeah. And so, you know, the, oddly enough, the song different. It's funny because the, that song has taken on two lives for me. Um, the, when I wrote the song, it was, it was based on me being a struggling 16 year old that became a struggling, you know, 33 year old at the time when I wrote the song with the whole comparison thing. I, mm. Dude, I would look at Psalms 139. And when it says that you are uniquely made, I thought that was a punishment. Mm. Like I, I, I was like, I don't want to, I want to be like everybody else. Mm. Like I, I don't, I don't want to be unique. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, that's how I felt when I was 16 years old. And there were still things in that when I was you know, in my thirties where I'm going like, God, I just want to like, can I just blend in for a mm. second? Like, can I just be like what everybody else is being and not have to feel like I'm having to take a stand or step out or do something special. Like, I just wanted to like, just be whatever. Um, but it kind of came back to me learning that the second half of that verse is, you know, you are uniquely and wonderfully made. Like he calls the unique things wonderful. Yeah. And so, and so it kind of came back to me being like, well, God, if I'm going to be different, I don't want to look like anybody else except for you. So I don't want to hear anymore. Teach me to listen. I don't want to see anymore. Give me a vision that you can move my heart to be set apart, not set apart for the sake of me being lifted up so that I can actually point more people towards the only person who is a difference maker for us, which is Jesus. And so, and so for me, it's like, I'm writing, I wanted to write that song. So that song was written number one out of me being that insecure kid who became an insecure grown up who, who tried to, to say, God, can you give me a prayer? And dude, I never thought that song was ever going to leave like my shower. Like mm. I didn't think that song was ever going to leave like my, my chest and my lungs, because I thought it was going to be just for me to be able to have like this private prayer thing, not knowing that it's make its way into hospital rooms and prisons. And like, I've heard crazy stories from that song and, and, and on the way to school with your kids. Like, that's just, that's such a blessing for me to hear because it was such a personal song for me to write. Um, but I all, also want to understand that the Lord continues to teach his word is alive. So if I'm writing songs that are based on scripture, it has the power for me personally mm -hmm. to be able to, to continue and like grow. And so the Lord retaught that song to me as we went through a couple of crazy things two years ago. My, my, uh, my grandmother was diagnosed with blood cancer in fall of 2017. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, Hurricane Harvey hit us and put 50 inches of rain on that little mobile home in two days. Mm -hmm. um, and so we ended up losing four rooms in our house that we had to replace the floors and walls in. Um, and then six weeks after the storm, we thought that we were like, man, this is all that we can handle. Like, this is the, this is the most that we've gone through as a family. Like, this is huge. Um, my younger brother, Daniel, was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Mm -hmm. and so this all happened within two months of each other. And I, at the time we were just going to Christian radio with a song different. And so like, they asked me like, Hey, can you like kind of record some, some, some of your thoughts about the song and like, so we can like, you know, be ready to be, you got to tell stories about the song and that kind of thing. Like when you get on stage, like when you're presenting it to people, like know what you're going to say and stuff. And so, 
you know, I had my original story of like, hey, you know, I, I struggle with this, struggle with that and those kind of things. But I kind of found myself asking God constantly to change the things around me. Mm. I kept saying, like, God, can you I, I, like I asked him, can you, I know that when you say peace, be still, this storm will stop. I know it will. So I'm asking you to do that. I know that you're, there is healing in the name of Jesus. And so I'm asking for my brother to be healed. I'm asking my grandmother to be healed. Um, and what I learned was, is that the Lord invites us to ask those questions because he can handle it. He can heal and he can stop storms and he can put things back together. He can make all things right, all things new. Um, but he also has the power to say no to that first question, but he invites us. He's so kind. He asks us, he invites us to ask him a second question, which is, God, if you won't change my circumstances, can you change me so that I can handle these circumstances that you're walking me in right now? And he has done that from us again and again over the past couple of years. And, you know, a little just quick report on everything. Grandmother's been cancer free now for a year and a half. Um, Put the trailer back together, have sold it, built a new house now. And then my brother got to ring the bell as a cancer survivor a year ago last week. So like, yeah, I mean, the Lord has been faithful to us in so many ways and so kind in ways that he didn't have to. Um, uh, But at the same time, you know, but that song that I wrote, as, as an insecure 30 year old trying to trying to just put together a prayer has been something like it means so much to me that it's meant something to your family. It means so much to me when I hear that there are people on the way to divorce court who have heard this song and have pulled over and reconciled their marriage. Like those mm. things mean the world to me. But I got to tell you, man, it those these songs. I want them to mean something to me first so that whenever I'm walking through storms and I'm walking through things, not, not in a selfish way, but just, I mean, why would, why would the Lord ask me to, to lift his truth up if it's not for me? Mm. So I'm asking God to, to, to have things that could actually help shore up my home, help, help, help put us back together, you know, help, help, help us have something to anchor ourselves to whenever, whenever things are, are rough and things are hard. And so, you know, it, we just got through writing the second record, recording the second record. The, the new album comes out April 24th. It's called New Today. Um, and and I tell you that every single time I walk into a writer's room, it meant something more to me, knowing the stories that I've heard and knowing how those songs have ministered to our family. Um, it, every time that I picked up a pen or, or, or stroked a key on a, on a MacBook, it was like, these are going to mean something. So we lined up with God's scripture and we wrote it out of the vantage points that God's given to us. Well, for you guys that are listening, and maybe you're not familiar with Micah's music, uh, he is by far my favorite Christian artist in the game right now, and I'm listening to him all the time. Uh, Our family listens to you, so definitely listen to his old stuff, uh, which is powerful and soaked in the scriptures, but also the new album that's going to come out. Micah, for as we wrap up here, like for the guy who is trying to lead his family well and just feels exhausted. Like, what would you say to that dude who's just like, uh, he doesn't want to bail. He wants to stick around because Jesus sticks around, but he's just tired and he doesn't really know how to do what he's been called to do. Any encouraging words for that, bro? Um, Take heart. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Um, and That sounds so simple, um, but if you really unpack it, it goes back to, no matter the word cares, when it says cast all your cares, that can be interpreted as worries or anxieties or stress or struggle or trouble. Um, there's so many, like you, it, there's so many interpretations for that word cares. Um, but, but the second half of that scripture, I mean, like that's our foundation of being able to trust Jesus that he cares for us. And there's nothing, there's nothing that you are carrying. There's nothing that is beleaguering you. 
um, that that will keep him from caring for you and, and, and for caring for your heart and for your family's heart. Um, I, I love that God is not just a promise maker, but he's a promise keeper. Mm. And that all goes back to how much he cares for us. Because when it, when it says that he will draw near the brokenhearted as someone who has been brokenhearted over some struggles over the past couple of years, the Lord has been so faithful to draw near. Um, whenever we have asked for him to be healer or asked for him to be protector or provider or comforter, Man, God has been all those things and more, not because of how well we've served him, but because of how much he cares for us. Mm. And so at the end of the day, it's not about what you're able to do. There is nothing that you will do today that will make Jesus love you anymore. Mm. And there's nothing that you've already done or that you can do today that will make Jesus love you any less. He just cares for you. And so if we live a life knowing that, that, that we can always fall back and rest on the fact that, that Jesus is, is loving and caring and for us today, then I think we got a chance. We got a shot mm. to just keep going, keep grinding, asking for that relief, being honest and open with your struggles with the people around you, like relying on your wife as a helpmate, not just as someone that you've got to take care of, like laying down that, you know, uh, feeling like that you can be weak to the people around you because man, in your weakness, the Lord's strength is made perfect. And it's because he cares for you. Mm. Bro. I uh, am so grateful for you pointing us to Jesus and taking the time out to uh, hang out with us today. Uh, and thanks for the sacrifice your family's made to let you spend an hour with us and uh, pointing us to Jesus, man. I'm grateful you took the time. Wait, well, listen, Jared, I, I am grateful to to get a partner with, with uh, the dad tired crew. Man, it's, it's, I love what you do. You have been a part of helping our family to love Jesus and and for, for me to try to be able to kind of regroup and figure out how to keep taking steps. Grateful for the book, the podcast, the Instagram. It's worth, you know, people investing in those things and stuff. And so, man, if there's anything that I can do to, to, to cheer you on or any of these dads on, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm team dad tired all the way. Let Dang, me know man. when the softball game is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bro. Well, we'll, we can we'll get out of the house. Let's do it. Yeah, seriously. We'll <laughs> we'll do a uh, we'll scheme offline on a uh, dad tired Micah Tyler tour of some kind. Get guys together, yes. and I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll drink I mean, together. I, I I think there's gonna be a few cruise ships available. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, bro. Too soon. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate you being here, dude. Yeah. I got me singing like this